This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Game Time with Boomer Esiason. Today's guest is three-time Olympic gold medalist, NCAA champion, and 10-time Big East champion, Syracuse's Jim Beheim. Presented by GEICO. Today's guest is synonymous with Syracuse University. He has spent his entire adult life on campus as a student, a player, an assistant coach, and a head coach. In fact, there is no parallel in major college sports where one individual has spent more than 40 years at his alma mater and never coached anywhere else. He's also guided his beloved Orange to the 2003 NCAA National Championship, and it's certainly my pleasure to welcome the legendary Jim Beheim to game time. Legendary coach, how are you, Jim? I'll tell you what, you make me sound feel old. Jeez, you know? But, <laughs> and when I came here, Boomer, I was 17. I didn't think I was going to make it through the year. I ran into Dave Bing in the gym, and, of course, he beat me uh, about 21 to nothing in a one-on-one game. And don't, But I was smart. I learned right then and there to get on his team, not be against him. And, uh, and it worked out after that. It certainly did. There is a major sea change happening right now in the NCAA. There's so many things that you coaches have to deal with. There's a normal recruiting process that you have to go through, but now all of a sudden we're going through names, images, and likenesses. I knew this was going to happen. I didn't think it would happen quite this quickly. Um, and I'm all for this. I'm, I'm glad kids can make money. But you're going to have three or four guys on your basketball team making some money and five or six guys that don't make much. So how does that work in the locker room? Do, do, do players accept that? And now we have four international players that can't make a penny until that's changed. And it's in Congress. So, you know, that's not going to change anytime soon. Right. And uh, I think the NIL, I think at the end of the day, Congress won't even mess with this thing. They'll just want to get out of it because there's no good solution. There's going to be cases where, where in recruiting, somebody's going to give a deal to somebody, you know, you're going to get this in the NIL at my school. And, uh, you know, it's going to be part of the recruiting process, which is what we really didn't want. But if this thing, Boomer, if this thing went normally and everybody just tried to get a deal like they could, it'd be great. But it, it, it won't be normal. But now all of a sudden you got this portal transfer. and th- Or transfer portal, I should say. And the transfer portal to me is mind-numbing because any kid that has a bad moment or has a bad 
uh, you know, practice or feels like he's been insulted by his coach, coach can go run to that transfer portal and put his name in there. And we've seen teams go to that transfer portal, get players, and actually go to championship games like Baylor did. You know, what's crazy is in the end of the day, it doesn't matter what rules you have. The top schools are going to get the best players. I'm all for players transferring. If they are not happy, they're not playing, that you know, good. But when you're playing and doing pretty well, and now you think, well, I'm not getting quite enough shots. I need to go someplace else. And chances are you won't get more shots when you transfer. It just isn't going to happen. We all know that half the time people that transfer, it doesn't work out. And that's when you had four or 500 transfers. Now you've got 1,500. We'll adjust to the transfer portal. I don't think it's that good for players because it's, as you said, somebody gets a little upset about something, they just leave. And they don't know where they're going. They don't know it's going to be better there. And if they were in a pretty good situation, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily better over there. The whole transfer portal comes from if a coach leaves, players should be able to leave. Yep. And I, I agree with that. If I leave Syracuse and our players want to transfer, they should. But that doesn't mean the, the players at Georgetown should be able to transfer. Their coach stayed. So a lot of issues, uh, the most I've ever seen in my career in coaching in terms of magnitude of, of craziness. We're just getting warmed up with Coach Jim Beheim. Stay with us as game time continues right after this. You're watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. Welcome back to Game Time. Jim Beheim grew up in the Syracuse suburbs of the Lions, New York, which he has described as kind of a leave it to beaver town with a little more of an edge. When not helping out in the family funeral business, Jim would eat, sleep, and breathe basketball. And he claims that when he has basketball nightmares, they're always about Lions highs, 58-57 double overtime loss to East Rochester in the finals his senior year. So is that true, coach? Does that still bother you to this day? Every night. Well, I don't think about it every night anymore, but it does. if you bring it up, I remember all the plays. And it's funny. I mean, I, I stepped off the elevator the other day in Georgia, Boomer, and Keith Smart was standing right there in front of me. And I had not seen Keith Smart since 1987 when he made wow. the shot in the corner that beat us. And, you know, you'd think it's been, what, 33 years, and I haven't – I never run into him, and I – he just ran in, he was right there, and he said, oh, coach, geez, I'm kind of sorry. I said, don't be sorry. You made a great shot, and it was a great game that just ended up the wrong way, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you think about the losses. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you think about the ones that got away. Uh, I, I'm glad that we got the win in 2003, and we got in New Orleans where we lost in 87. Yep. And in fact, Hakeem Work blocked the jumper in the same corner that Keith Smart had made the shot against us. It was really kind of ironic that it came down to that. But uh, yeah, you think about those for sure. Yeah, you never forget the losses. We lost Super Bowl twenty-three. It sticks with me to this day. And I lost a few games in high school too. But man, I'll tell you what, the losses do for whatever reason 
stick with you. Now, when you walked on at Syracuse, were you confident that you could play at a big-time program at that time in your life? You know, I did, Syracuse had been 0-27 two years before that. And so I figured I should be able to play there. And I had a chance, even though I was a walk-on, I had a chance to get a scholarship. And my other school was Colgate, and that was a need-based only. So I figured, eh, I'll take a shot at Syracuse. Colgate was actually better than Syracuse then. And then I walked in in the gym and there was Dave Bing. And I said, whoops, this is going to be a little more difficult than I thought. But uh, yeah, my mother gave me the best advice I've ever heard in my life. She said, when I talked to her about Dave Bing, she said, well, what about the other guys? <laughs> Can you play with those guys? I said, yeah, you know, I think so. So it, it worked out. You know, in 1976, you took over for Roy Danforth. And I'm just wondering, what was a seminal moment for you when you realized that you could build a program of national prominence like you have? Well, I didn't at first. You know, I, the guy wanted to give me a three-year contract, and I wanted four because I didn't think I could make I might not be able to make it through the thing. I wanted to at least have four years <laughs> at $25,000 a year. You didn't do it for the money then, obviously. But I was fortunate. Uh, things got going. And really, the turning point for all of us was the Big East. When Dave Gavitt formed the Big East, he did it all by himself. He dragged all of us into this league. With, we didn't want to go. And it was the best thing that ever happened to any of us because I think six coaches are in the Hall of Fame that would have never been in the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for Dave Gavitt. You know, Gary Williams, Jim Calhoun, John Thompson, Lou Carnesecca, um, you know, myself, uh, probably forgetting somebody else that, that's in the Hall of Fame because of the Big East. And so we were very fortunate that Dave came along and that kind of gave us a national look. We were just an Eastern school like everybody else. And, you know, I, I grew up in Long Island and I've been to Syracuse and Syracuse in the wintertime is not all that much fun. I'm just trying to think, you know, trying to recruit nationally known players to a school like you guys have there and where you are, how difficult has that been for you? And really, what is what is your pitch to the, the college player to come and play for you? Well, players want to play, first of all, but they're going to get an opportunity that we put guys in the NBA. We put a lot. We've had 31st round picks. That's important. The Carrier Dome is a great place to play. 30,000 people, the only one like in the country. You know, we have a good school, uh, but we're in a good league. We were in a good league with the Big East. Now we're in a good league with the ACC. That's all part of the recruiting kind of pitch. We recruit the Northeast. There's, you know, kids go to school. I always ask a kid, what, what are your five or six things you're really thinking about that's important to you? And they'll list four or five, six things, whatever it may be. They never list weather. And so I said, well, so weather isn't important, right? And <laughs> You know, that's what we try to do in recruiting. And, uh, you know, Stevie Thompson was a great player, one of the first guys we got from California. And they asked him about the weather, and he says, it doesn't snow in the dome. <laughs> that's a great answer. In the dome. All right, that's a great answer. We'll return with college basketball coaching icon Jim Beheim right after these messages. Brought to you by the Ford Bronco Sport. Built Ford Tough. It's time for a change. Instead of working from home, work from your luxury suite at Midtown Manhattan's crown jewel, the Kimberly Hotel. Now offering special monthly rates with the most impeccable safety and hygiene protocols to keep you safe.
Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. As he was watching Carmelo Anthony play for the first time as a high school star in Baltimore, Jim Beheim turned to his then assistant coach, Troy Weaver, and said, we can win the national championship with him. He's that good. All right, coach. What did you see in Carmelo Anthony back in those days that made him so special? It was pretty simple. The first play made a three. The second play pulled up and made a 15-footer. And the third play went by the guy and dunked it. Three plays. And <laughs> Troy had been trying to get me down there. Troy's now the general manager of the Pistons. Great basketball guy. Great talent evaluator. He had told me, you've got to come see this guy. And Carmelo was rated about 50 at that time in the country. And I said, well, we can't go down during the season. So we finally got a day and we got down there. And that's what I saw. And I said, okay, you're right. We can win it with this guy. And, you know, Carmelo said right then and there, I want to come to Syracuse. And he didn't even visit any other schools. He didn't make any visits. He held on. He went to Oak Hill. Um, he, He got his test score right at the end. He could have gone to the league. But he said, no, nope, I'm going to, I said, I'm coming to Syracuse. I'm going to go to Syracuse. And if we hadn't won the national championship, he might've come back. He, he, he enjoyed it here. Um, he, he gave us the money to build our practice facility. And this is a guy that's been here one year and he's loyally been, he's supported us every day since he left. And uh, people wonder why I am such an outspoken supporter of Carmelo. All these people said he couldn't fit in, couldn't play. Nobody would sign him. He went to Portland. He signed. He fit in perfectly, and he's been a really good player for Portland. And he's had an unbelievable career, and he's won three Olympic gold medals and a national championship, and people still are like, well, he didn't win the NBA. Well, sometimes you're just not in a situation that you can win the NBA. When he went to Denver, they hadn't been to the playoffs. He got him to the playoffs every year. When he came to New York, he got him in the playoffs. Neither team was good enough to win. Yeah. But you can't put that all on one guy. And he's been very loyal to Syracuse. He's always helped us. Um, and and I'm, I just think he's the best. I mean, uh, absolutely the best representative of a program that you can have. And, uh, you know, he – I thought we could win with him. I didn't know it would be his freshman year. I, 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 that was a stretch. Yeah. But we had him and Jerry McNamara, two freshmen, and Jerry had six threes in the first half against <laughs> Kansas, and Kansas was better than us. I mean, yeah. Jerry had to do that just to give us a chance to win. And you don't expect freshmen to come out and make six threes in the first half against a team like Kansas, who had a lot of veteran players, really good players. And uh, so it was it was a, a great win for us. And uh, Carmelo took over that game in the second half and, and got it, got it for us. There is no question that your relationship with Carmelo Anthony not only brought out the best in him, but brought out the best in your team. We'll be back in a moment for more with the great Jim Beheim right after this. Watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. Welcome back, everyone. Two decades before Carmelo Anthony helped Jim Beheim win the NCAA championship, another East Coast recruit brought Syracuse 
to national prominence, and his name was Dwayne Washington, who he was better known as the Pearl. And I think this is what I was trying to get you to talk about a little bit earlier in this interview, Jim, was when did you have that significant moment where you got a guy that showed everybody that Syracuse could be a good place to come and play basketball, and it had to be Dwayne Washington. Well, Pearl was the perfect timing for us. The Big East got started. Pearl was here. We were averaging 15,000 people a game, which is pretty good. The first couple of years were in the Dome. And we went to 26,000 people for one reason. They wanted to see Dwayne Washington play basketball. And I've, I've said this many times. He wasn't, you know, the best player ever played in the Big East, but I think he was the most impactful. The, I never will forget the year that he, he played here, his freshman year, and was on national TV. I went to California to recruit. The year before I'd been to California in the biggest high school basketball school there, they all asked me, well, where is Syracuse? What is, what is that in the East? And where is that? When I, after Pearl's first year, I went to the baggage claim at LAX and the porter came over and says, hey, you're Pearl's coach. Just like that. Yeah. And that's how much he did for the profile of the Big East and Syracuse basketball. And as everybody knows, I talked to guards, you know, Mark Jackson, Kenny Smith played against them. They were in awe of pro watching. Nobody could guard this guy. There were so many great players and great coaches, as you pointed out. And last, last year, we, we lost John Thompson. And, you know, here's a rival of yours. What, what did he mean to you and what did he mean to college basketball? Everything. I mean, John Thompson was the first dominant figure in terms of African-American coaches and just coaches. He was a dominant coach. It didn't matter what color he was. And he impacted his players and coaches around the country. Um, you really can't measure John's impact on the game. And he loved to come to Syracuse. And I'm telling you, 34,000 people came here to see John Thompson. I mean, Patrick was there. Pearl was there, but I'm telling you, most of our fans came to, to boo John Thompson, you know, <laughs> and they had a love-hate relationship with him. I mean, they missed him when he was gone, but when he was here, they were on him, and John loved every bit of it. He loved coming up here and walking out there with the towel. Um, they were memorable games. I've never heard noise like that. I've never seen a reaction like that from fans anywhere. We'll be back for some crunch time questions with Coach Bayheim right after this. Drive into Manhattan for an unforgettable staycation at Midtown Manhattan's luxurious Kimberly Hotel. Treat yourself to New York City without the crowds, protected by our highest safety and hygiene protocols to keep your family safe. You're watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. We're back with Jim Beheim, who this year became the first men's coach to have won an NCAA tournament game in six different decades. You said you sounded old. Well, that's because you are, but that's okay. That just means you're in the same job. That means you've had a lot of success. That's good. And this year comes a year which I think is going to be really special for you and about this year's team. You're going to have both your sons, Buddy and Jimmy, on the team. We were talking about them a little bit earlier. Jimmy transferred from Cornell. What is that going to be like to have both of those kids now under your tutelage as basketball players? It'll be great. 
But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm excited. Uh, Buddy's had a really good career here so far. He's, he's, he's worked. Nobody thought he could be here. I think he was rated 320 in his high school class. And, you know, normally we wouldn't take anybody outside of the top 75 normally. But uh, he's made himself into a really, really good player, not just a shooter. And just hard work. He works out two times a day in the summertime. Um, he works out after a game, before the game, for an hour after the game. He's made himself into a player. Jimmy's a little different route. Cornell uh, had a good career at Cornell, loved Cornell. You know, graduated, great school. He played for a great coach. And uh, now he's got a chance to finish out his career here. He's a good player, gotten bigger, gotten stronger. And uh, he'll help us um, uh, this year. Uh, but it'll be fun coaching them. And, and uh, again, we, we the portals changed our team. We lost two really good players. We got two really good players in the portal. Actually, we lost three good players, and we got three good players. So we'll see how it all turns out. But I'm excited about this year. And you, you have to be excited because you're 76 years old and you're still coaching. So, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. And I would imagine that your wife, Julie, has just got to be over the moon over this. My wife told me to keep coaching as long as I can because then I won't have to be home bothering her. That's one thing I will tell you she has told me. And she's very happy when our players play well and I can go home and there might there will be food. When our, my sons get pulled out or don't play well, there will not be food. There will, I, I'm hoping the doors won't be locked, won't be changed when I do get home. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> she lives and dies like all mothers with the game. Well, Jim, you got you got more pressure on you this year than most coaches have their entire career dealing with what you just told me. So our thanks to you, Jim Beheim, for joining us and to all of you for watching. I'm Boomer Esiason, and I'll see you again soon right here on Game Time. I found out that you were originally Syracuse's golf coach and according to various reports your golf teams were undefeated but then back in those days who called in the scores of the matches i never called in a loss <laughs> <laughs> i go out on the back nine at the end of the 18 they come in they tell me what they did if it's a win i call it in it's not no call no <laughs>